All right, and welcome to Hattrick Sports Talk, covering the first three rounds of the NFL Draft. It is 9 p.m. Pacific, right after the third round. I am joined, as always, by Shane and Brandon for another NFL Draft post-show, another year. How are you guys doing? Good. You know, I got to say, this is like my second favorite football day of the entire year besides the super bowl <laughs> well yesterday was i don't think today's just really or yesterday long. but still either that or opening day uh, of the season yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not gonna lie I, I may have fallen asleep towards the end of the draft i wouldn't blame you it does get tiring by the end of, this is why we don't cover saturday because saturday is like an entire day of them just drafting this is why we yeah. only do the first three, well, first two days because these are the two most interesting days, but also they are incredibly long. Let's not kind of twist it. A lot of times, as we saw yesterday when we did the IG Live, is that these teams take literally forever to pick, and along with commercials and stuff, it can be really long. And honestly, this draft honestly should take about an hour and a half each day, but takes three. So it's not, <laughs> it's not necessarily the best thing, but of course... We're all excited for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go team by team. All 32 teams have an interesting storyline or some little tidbit. Well, I'll also speed through some of the teams. I, cause not every team of course has the most interesting stories, but we'll also go through broader NFL stories for each team as well. Um, so we'll go through them and we will start with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they picked up Xavier Collins in the first round, which was semi surprise for me, but I kind of get it. They need to replace Hassan Reddick, but the real conversation with Arizona is Rondell Moore. Because ever since Cliff Kingsbury has, you know, come into to that head coaching office and, and built this staff, and starting with Andy Isabella, they've just constantly drafted receivers. And they don't really need a receiver. And obviously, this is a good receiving class. And Rondell Moore is a good player. But I didn't really understand the purpose of this pick when, let's be honest, their wide receiver room is still pretty full. Yeah, I mean, they have, what, three pretty decent receivers, you know, mm-hmm. when they have a whole defense and offensive line of issues that they should be addressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's just – it's stuff like this that, you know, like you were saying, Cliff Kingsbury and his whole culture of getting new uh, receivers every year or whatever. And it just, it just makes me – it's just stuff like this that makes me question him even further. You know, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I I was optimistic with him trying to give him a chance, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I'm not saying Rondell Moore is a bad player by any sense, by any stretch. He's going to, he's going to fit this scheme, but the reality is they have to draft a receiver every year. just doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, I think they have more urgent needs anyways, you know? Yeah. But yeah uh atlanta they got kyle pitts in the first round um that offense is gonna be scary now here's the bigger question before we kind of get into to kyle pitts and and his run um julio jones now is 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 this trade looking more and more likely on june 2nd or no brandon you go first do you think this trade is more likely now that julio leaves this team gets traded now that Kyle Pitts is there. I actually think that Kyle Pitts 
coming on might keep Julio there mm-hmm. because it's a sign of of them trying to uh, build offensively. Um, I will say one thing I was a little surprised to see is that they didn't draft as many um, – like they took Jalen Mayfield in the third. Mm-hmm. But honestly – I thought they would have been focusing a little bit more on their line, um, considering they have they have someone they have a guy like uh, Caleb McGarry, who's mm-hmm. he's he was good at UW, but he's been floundering mm-hmm. um, in the pros. It'll be interesting. To Shane, see, Shane, this is something that was super interesting throughout to today, the second and the third round, the amount of linemen that just flew off the board, particularly in the second round our teams finally starting to realize the need after we've been saying it for three, four years, our teams finally starting to say, this is a need, even though this alignment class just isn't really that good. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're seeing now is that teams are just getting honestly kind of desperate for good linemen because, you know, it is, I mean, in my opinion, it's a, you know, the third most important position group uh, after, well, yeah. Quarterback. I mean, cor- quarterback, I would argue corner, and then O-line and D-line kind of. I would maybe say O-line is more of a priority just because of how good defensive lines are getting. Right. Um, but regardless, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, e- even though they're – these are – you know, second, third round guys that we weren't exactly looking at in college going, Oh yeah, they're amazing. You know, teams are still getting them just like almost desperate to have them. You know what I mean? Because it's, you know, with the way that the CBA is structured and all that stuff that I don't really understand, but essentially it's harder for offensive linemen to get, you know, a good amount of practice time and yes, to be good. Uh, so you know, it is what it is. And it doesn't help that defensive lines are getting stronger and faster as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's all that. But do you, do you feel that Kyle Pitts means that Julio's out? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I, I imagine he likes it that he's, you know, if he was, so let's say yesterday, you know, he's like, okay, I'm leaning towards leaving unless we get, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts or, you know, someone. Right. But the organization like, still feels like they want to move him just because of the cap situation. It's not as much Julio as much as it is the organization. No. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I think he's even expressed himself that he has interest in leaving, but, um, you know, which uh, it is what it is, but. I mean, regardless, you know, I, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't heard much about where they're at with all this. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been looking at the Aaron Rodgers situation a little more closely. Mm -hmm. So basically (laughs) Um, the primary update Shane is, is that because there's a complication with the cap situation, Atlanta has one of the worst cap situations in the whole league. This year in particular, they're very much in the negative. Um, and essentially, kind of that, surprising. 
Yeah, they, they spent a lot of money, especially, I think, more particularly on the defense than the offense. But essentially, they're looking at trading Julio to sort of offset some of those cap issues. But the thing is, his contract is tough to trade anyway. Uh, the Ravens called. Uh, that's the most recent report is that the Ravens called, but they couldn't really get a deal done because Julio's contract is still massively expensive. So that may hold Atlanta from even making a deal because Julio's contract is massively expensive. Well, and it's, I mean, I imagine there's a, a cap hit if they do trade him. Yes. Um, it's so, pretty big. Yeah. So, I mean, that combined with, like you said, teams not wanting to pay a ton, um, you know, that I, I would, I would lean towards saying that he will stay in Atlanta at least for this next year. I would want him to, cause I think that's the best thing for this team in this offense under Matt Ryan. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, think about it. You got Matt Ryan, uh, Julio, Calvin Ridley, and now, and Kyle, now Pitts. Kyle Pitts. That's, I mean, yeah. Good luck beating him over the top. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty heavy group there. Um, you know, their rushing attack concerns me a bit because I don't really know what they're doing there, but, uh, you know, uh, we will, uh, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> uh, before we finish up, Brandon, I'll start with you on Atlanta. Uh, was this the best opportunity for Atlanta to get a replacement for Matt Ryan? You know, um, I think Matt, okay, look, Matt Ryan's not about to drop dead. Like <laughs> he's not about to just die next year. He's not about, and he's not about to pull like a Russell Wilson or, a, or a Aaron Rodgers and be like, I'm going to leave. Um, he has at least probably five years left. Um, His contract's done at the end of 2022. Now, the thing is, they probably would want, though it, I will I will say this, if they don't pick up a quarterback next year, they're kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't feel like the quarterbacks that were out there at four um, would have fit the Atlanta scheme, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Justin and Field? honestly, yeah, I'm, what a fields that fit in your mind, Brandon? Maybe, yeah. Georgia kid, th- Mac Jones. No, <laughs> no. I think well, Fields would. Fields would have been. I think Fields would have been the only guy, and like there was no way Atlanta was going to take Fields. Yeah. Shane, do you feel like Fields would have worked? I think at the end of the day, Pitts was the best option for them. Yeah, I agree. I think Pitts was the best option. You you think so for Atlanta Fields? I I mean, I think he would have worked there, but I still wouldn't have taken him. I I I agree. I agree. I I think, I mean, if I'm in Atlanta, I I see at least probably four more years of decent Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about a quarterback maybe like at the end of his contract, you know, after 2022, maybe around there. Um, or maybe the year before, so that way you have a guaranteed year of him under Matt Ryan. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's the thing is, yeah, there's so many good, there's so many good uh quarterbacks this year, but I mean, we said the same thing last year, <laughs> you know, every year, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be three or four good guys each year that they can take. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose sleep over it if I'm them. <laughs> Let's go over to Baltimore. Rashad Bateman's obviously the big story with them. They needed receiver help. They got it. They got a guy who, as, as it says here on ESPN, he is a route runner, which exactly fits the system under Lamar Jackson. He truly does fit what this team wants to do. Now, the big question is, as Brandon, you've pointed out in the past, they don't necessarily throw the ball with Lamar, but it's still a good pick considering the need. And a short route runner at least is helpful for Lamar than a guy over the top. Right, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I think making it so that Lamar doesn't have to hold on to the ball a long time actually will help him out because one thing I saw last year with him is they just, he kept trying to hit the the deep ball, like the big shot play. And it's like, everybody knows your, everybody knows your move. Your move is the deep shot play or run it (laughs) sort of like Russell a little bit. Um, so this should help. Mm-hmm. Shane, especially, does this help Lamar? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a kind of a spread scheme like they have, you want you want route runners and not deep threats or physical guys. Um, which, as you said, that's that's what he is. So, uh, yeah, really good pickup for them. Another fun one's Ben Cleveland as well. Again, looking at the O line for them as well, which I think definitely is needed, especially with with them losing Orlando Brown. Um, Buffalo is an interesting case. Gregory Rousseau fell after, after his pro day. I mentioned this. I loved Rousseau at, you know, in 2019, 2018, looking at his tape, he's a guy that was probably top five, two years ago, goes at 30 after a bad pro day. That's kind of what Buffalo likes to do, right? They like to take guys who had bad pro days who can give them value. And then Carlos Basham jr. As well. And they finish with Spencer Brown and Neil Lyman. This is a good, solid Buffalo type draft. Yeah. Especially because, you know, I think last year their biggest struggle was defensive line, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, doing, doing good filling that hole here. Uh, he's got great size, obviously. And, and uh, I mean, like you said, he's just a great athlete, but you know, the pro day screws you up because, you know, the pro day means everything. And then, and then, and then <laughs> Buffalo takes you, you know, that's kind of what Buffalo does. So good value pick for them. Yep. Uh, Carolina, they picked up JC Horn at corner, uh, picked up Terrence, Terrence Marshall as well. Uh, Tommy trouble. So they focused a lot on the offense uh, later in the second and third round, but they picked up Horn. Brandon, do you think they have full confidence in, uh, in Sam Darnold moving forward now? I mean, I think they're at least going to give him a try. Um, it's obvious that it's obvious that they're they're like we got him. Let's at least get him some pieces and see if he has the ability to to play because that's been his whole thing. Like everyone has said, oh, Sam Darnold, he just hasn't had pieces around him. He's a product of bad coaching, you know, whatever. So it's like, all right, Sam Darnold, let's see if you can actually get some, you can win some games. Like, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Shane, they're committed to him for two years. They picked up a fifth-year option last night after the first round. Uh, the second round did show that as well. What are what are his prospects with this better coaching staff that that's really built around uh, a young quarterback like Darnold, who's what only 21, 22? Yeah, you know, and, and it's <clears throat> the thing about I think Carolina specifically is that. I mean, as you guys know, I've said it a hundred times. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Donald guy. Um, I never, never have been. However, um, you know, I will. You know, you can't deny his, just his athletic ability, right? I mean, he's, you know, he has pretty good arm and uh, mobility and whatnot. I just think, you know, he's not like amazing in anything and he's not the best decision maker turns the ball over a bit but you know with Matt Rule I think his system is really uh really creative and just I think with him and having the right coaching and guidance he can probably cut back on some of his mistakes a lot of turnovers and stuff like that Uh, but the big thing for me really is uh, Joe Brady who is the quarterback coach there and I think he is uh, really good because he, I, I think he really brings out the best in you and really works on that uh, as we've seen with people that he's had in the past and Burrow. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think, uh, I, I think Darnold will, uh, I mean, I don't know if he'll be great necessarily, but I do th- think he will have probably the best year of his NFL career so far um even though it's the first year in a new system just because because you know it's the jets so <laughs> I, I i don't know if i've said this with darnold yet but if there's any guy who has that ryan Tannehill comeback player of the year potential it really is sam darnold under that system yeah i think so really i mean the other one is maybe carson wentz but um you know we'll see um it's yeah, I mean they're definitely they're definitely committed to, committed to him for you know at least the next two years though they you know they got rid of Teddy and then they didn't take a quarterback at their uh, first round pick so yeah, yeah I think they're definitely committed to him. Horn's a pretty fun prospect for them. He wasn't my top corner, but he was a top corner for a lot of people. It wasn't Carolina's board, so that was a great pick. And then Terrence Marshall as a fast guy, underrated guy at LSU. Um, but he fits what they're doing. And now, Shane, oh, your your guy, Justin Fields, goes here to Ste- Chicago. Steal of the draft. <laughs> you call it the steal of the draft. Why? Well, because, you know, he should have gone number one. But um, here he is at 11, the fourth quarterback taken idiots <laughs> yeah the second okay i was well you remember because we were on instagram live i was so excited the second i saw it was justin fields was on the clock i was like oh <laughs> oh my god oh <laughs> uh, and then i being on the clock yep and then or yeah what, what did i say fields getting well fields getting picked of course we knew it was gonna be fields but yeah 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 so good but yeah no i'm i they yeah, I, especially if Rodgers is out of Green Bay, I think these guys win this division easily. Um, you know, no matter 
no matter who's quarterback, whether it's QB one or Justin Fields. So, <laughs> and then they got Tevin Jenkins as well to help Justin Fields. Uh, Matt Nagy and this team got this draft right. Um, in terms of Matt Nagy, Brandon, do you think this sort of protects him for a bit longer? I know that PFT has been talking about that as well. Do you think this protects his job a little bit longer with Justin Fields now? Because we were not expecting Chicago to be in the quarterback market, and they are. I don't know if it protects his job. It actually might put him in the spotlight even more. Because mm-hmm. think about it. If he gets Justin Fields and Justin Fields go out goes out there and Justin Fields sucks, he's screwed. Because this is obviously a Matt, Matt Nagy Select. project. Yeah. Um. Now, I will also say that uh, Trubisky was also a Matt Nagy selection. Yeah. So, (laughs) I think that's all I really need to say about that. You know, I think with Fields, though, you know, with Trubisky coming out, he was still a very raw prospect. Fields is much more developed in a lot of different ways. I think they'll only benefit him. But yeah, I wonder if Matt Nagy is going to get him to his full potential. But Shane, in terms of fit for Fields, did inter- is he still number one, even though going to Chicago? Because I know that you rebanded your rankings after the draft. Was he still number one for you after Chicago? Picked yes, sir. He's still number one for you. Sir, yes, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> At least in my opinion. But So you still think he can work in Matt Nagy's system, even though Trubisky really didn't work well at all there? Yeah, because, I mean, the thing about Trubisky is I, I just don't think Trubisky is good anyways, <laughs> regardless of his, you know, regardless of the system, uh, because he's, um, you know, tr- I mean, Trubisky is good athletically. You know, he's, I mean, he's pretty fast, I guess. But hey, you're he, talking about the, the Nickelodeon player of the, the MVP. game. The MVP. <laughs> um, Put some respect on his name. <laughs> yeah buffalo's got him as backup qb now so uh but <clears throat> anyways um but you know i i think he never really made great decisions with the ball very inconsistent fields is much different he makes better reads he's you know he's definitely has i mean he he throws a great ball deep short medium whatever so you know i think i i I think it'll work especially considering he's got uh, he's got alan robinson who is you know like we said last night in my opinion most underrated receiver in the league uh, David Montgomery, same thing, most underrated running back. <laughs> um, you say that because you're yeah. out of fantasy, but again. No, it's true. <laughs> I think he, I think he is, if you just look <laughs> at it. No one talks about him, but he's kind of a baller. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, yeah, so, well, him and James Robinson. I think James Robinson is pretty good, too. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that situation in a bit. But, yeah. Yeah. I. I, I love Tevin Jenkins as well. Again, just offensive line help for him. The team who didn't get offensive line help for their now second year quarterback, so, Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon, go ahead. So I I have I have some inside 
information from from some Cincinnati Bengals fans mm-hmm. who I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. They were pretty pissed off with the, the whole national story of like everyone being like, oh, they should have taken offensive help. Oh, they're not helping out Joe Burrow. They're saying everything would have been different if our O-line hadn't been hurt last year. Like our O-line is really good when it's not hurt. And I was like, I disagree with that. I disagree with that statement. I disagree with that. Because I don't think your O-line was that hurt. Not even that it was hurt. It just isn't good. The quality is just not that good. Like they have like two decent guys on their line. Right. Like he, I was saying like, if I'm, and like, I don't care if you have a good O-line, you can still pick up. If you have a fifth, if you have the freaking fifth pick in the draft, you should use it to, Pad your line, like mm-hmm. Panay Sewell. Yeah, Panay Sewell, Rashawn yeah. Slater. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get Jamar Chase. Cool, whatever. But like, it's not gonna you be very effective, him, right? It's not gonna be very effective if your quarterback's being chased for his life every single time. I, I knew this pick was gonna happen. Um, Burrow was very adamant to the coaching staff about getting Jamar Chase. To be honest, he is the best wide receiver prospect in this class. But again, there are were a lot of receivers down the board even. There's still receivers left after 9 o'clock tonight but before we get to the fourth round. But but this makes their receiving core, this is now the best young receiving core in the entire NFL. So more than likely is going to be the most sacked quarterback in the league. I mean, again, like it doesn't matter if you're the best receiving core. If you can't get the ball out. Like, yeah, it makes no difference. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the hometown Cleveland Browns, who just, um, ha- of course, had the draft in Cleveland. They picked up Greg Newsom, but and and that was a pretty interesting pick at that selection at twenty six. Felt that was a bit early, but uh, Asamoah Kamara, who fell like gangbusters on the first two days, goes at twenty. Brandon, you love this pick at twenty. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, geez, Louise, that, that well, linebacker overall, core. But, or 52, yeah. but 20 in the second. That linebacker core, I mean, it's like it's like the – they definitely have a strategy the last three years. Like, their strategies go for the, for the heaviest hitting linebackers they can find. Um, I mean – it definitely helped them last year. I mean, their defense was up there. Saying so. that defense gets even better yeah. with them at this slot. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I think they're already pretty solid. They got probably the best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, great receivers, great run- two great running backs, <laughs> um, two good tight ends, a quarterback who's, you know, not amazing, but, I mean, he does the job there, you know. And so then you add on to your defensive line, you add on to your secondary, and then you get a steal here with JOK, as people call him. <laughs> we'll call him that. On you know, this, show. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if they, if they had a little, uh, just a little bit better of a quarterback, I, they're my AFC favorite right now, to be honest. 
I mean, if if they're pretty if, complete, <laughs> if Baker can actually like, I mean, I I still like Baker the well, next few the years there, but I still I say that with the caveat that there is, you know, so that's why I said you get the fifth year option they did, but yeah, Brandon, as you said, that's kind I mean, of I I, I just I just I just wonder with Baker, has he hit his ceiling? And mm-hmm. I feel like he has. Like I I don't I think he's good. I just don't think he's going to be the guy to take them to the Super Bowl. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like if they if they had a top a 12 quarterback probably, 12, 14 quarterback even, I think they are genuinely my AFC favorites right now. Well, it's like you look at the you look at how the Seahawks did it. They got a really good quarterback and then they just like blitz the defense they just like built the shit out of their defense over the next like two drafts you or the next everything back to the seahawks don't i you? it's, it's I funny do. that you do that i'm i'm a homer but i will gladly say it um <laughs> but no i mean in this case it actually makes it actually is relevant i mean no, no, be yeah, fair no, a I lot agree. of the ones that you pick with the seahawks are very relevant for a lot of teams because after 2013 with the seahawks a lot of teams tried to build in that way in those but, but you can't re you can't just build a team that's uh, worked once like yeah l- let's be honest here the seahawks and i am very very aware of this seahawks got lucky like with their pick of russell like they obviously knew what he could do but like taking a quarterback in the third round is very rarely going to be successful right um, let's not be remiss as well with, with Cleveland before we move on. Anthony Schwartz, they picked up another receiver. There is a lot of speed demons in this draft. This guy's also incredibly fast. He's just a guy that's a downfield runner, so that can help him to sort of be their fourth guy. How about them Cowboys all doing defense and nothing else, beginning with Micah Parsons? They finally weren't stupid. Brandon, is this the best draft Jerry Jones has had in the last five years? I'm going to say something here. I don't think Jerry Jones drafted this year. <laughs> you think Steven did? I think either Steven did or someone else, but it sure as hell wasn't wasn't Jerry Jones. Because they were it competent. Could, it couldn't have been Jerry Jones. It blew my I'm mind. Sorry. It could not have been Jerry Jones. Because they actually took the side of the ball that they needed help with. Like, I was half expecting them to, like, take Najee Harris or or just some ridiculous move, like. No, I I agree. I yeah. I'm like yeah, I literally t- was sitting here for the last like two like last three hours, being like, "All right, is there gonna be a dumb like move by the Calvin? No, uh, okay. Yeah, no. Then they, then they took Micah Parsons, and I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, good, good, good job." I mean, you remember you remember my tirade last year. CD Lamb. Just oh my god, I went off. I was like, "What are you doing? You don't need all these flashy players." And maybe he listened to me. I like mm. this. I like to think that I had a hand in helping him see the light. Yeah, no the cow the Cowboys probably one of the most impressive teams in this draft. Like honestly. 
Like they just said, frick the offense. We're fine. Let's just get all defensive players. They did four picks. Oh, they're on the defensive side. And I'm sitting there going, okay, cool. And, and for me, that's probably the best draft the Cowboys have had in the last five years. Because I mean, come on, like, wow, that, that was, they were just smart. Bad. Yeah. Like that draft was just smart. Uh, let's go on to Denver. Um, Denver, I guess the the big news they got Patrick Sertan, who they picked up Javante Williams as well. I think so. Patrick Sertan uh, and Javante Williams help with the running back, help with the quarterback cornerback position. Excuse me, but at quarterback, I should say the big news for them is is their interest in Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I don't know how likely that is right now, but they look like the front runner. Shane, from what I'm hearing, a deal is close to being done. We heard that. Hear this from? We heard that on the draft show for on at like five o'clock, and then at five o five, they said there was no deal in place at all. So yeah. it was really bizarre. When did, wait? When did you hear this? So yesterday. so yesterday we were we were live at like five o'clock, right? From who? I think it was on was it on Coward? I think. Interesting. Are well, you really see, gonna believe that guy? I mean, I don't know. He knows it's, it's sources. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Shane. There, there is something weird going on with, with Denver and what they're doing with this Aaron Rodgers thing, because I will tell you that. So five o'clock, we started the draft show. And we started time at Aaron Rodgers. Then there was a report from the fan. And, and there was a report from the fan that, that Brandon said that it's pretty highly sourced that, that the deal was close to being done. Of course, we have heard that throughout the day, but then five minutes later, there are also conflicting reports that said that the deal wasn't close and they called and they couldn't get anything done. I suspect that if Denver or any team's going to make a move for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be on June 1st. That's kind of where I'm yeah. at right now. Or that's at least when Green Bay will pull the trigger finally. Well, here's the thing. I, I legitimately think Green Bay is willing to, to hold Rodgers hostage. Yes, I agree. And that's been reported <laughs> as well. But like the thing, the funny thing is Rodgers is like, fine, hold me hostage. I don't care. I, I have my bo- I have my signing bonus. I have my millions of dollars. I have, just a, go, I have Jeopardy. I'm I'll fine. just go hang out. Say, I'll just go. I'll just go. Yeah. I'll go hang out in Los Angeles. Like wife, whatever she is. <clears throat> I mean, it'd be really funny if he actually did go play for the Broncos. Hmm. Imagine like seeing Aaron. That... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, imagine seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Bronco jersey. That seems to happen to every good quarterback after a while or a bunch of them. Like, ah, let's just go to Denver. I think I would actually get a Rodgers Bronco jersey if that happens. <laughs> just just because it's like such a weird, like. When we actually have an official studio, I'll buy one and put it up in the back. Of that. Oh, my God. Just put it in a frame and everything. Yeah. Shane, what were you saying about Aaron Rodgers to Denver? I can I can run into him on the elevator again and get it signed. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, um, no, it was, uh, I don't know. Like, it's funny. I've always seen Aaron Rodgers being a, uh, being a quarterback for an LA team. Mm. San Francisco, it won't happen, though. San Francisco, he always wanted to go to San Fran. It's just very, he ain't no, going to go no, there, though. It won't happen, no. but it, it just suits him. Well, what's crazy is if you watch the documentary, the, uh, 30 for 30 on that 2004 draft. Uh, well, it wasn't what what year was that like? Oh six or something? My bad. Either way, go ahead. No, it was oh four. Because was he oh five? 
Because I thought he was in the five, same year yeah. as five, I thought he was five. the same year as no no I no, no Rogers. No. no, it was five. He was same year as Alex Smith. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Smith so went five. one, and then he went right. twenty some. It's really Smith went fascinating. First to the Niners. Right. It's really fascinating in this documentary because everybody thought he was going to go first to the Niners. Like the Niners had basically told him, like, "You're we're taking you," and then they just were like. So we're actually taking Alex Smith. Because well, we can because con- we can control him better. Quote yeah. Quote. Which actually was kind of true. But either way. I'm glad he didn't go to the Niners, personally. <laughs> Knowing what we know now. Yeah. <laughs> uh Brandon, you talked a lot about Patrick Sertan when we did the mock draft show. What do you think he brings to Denver? Uh well, he's really fast. And he kind of he fits in well with that Denver uh, cornerback room. Um, he's a Denver style corner. He just fits he is. In. He's very much a Denver style corner. It's kind of interesting because there was a corner who got taken before Sertan, who uh, yeah Horn Horn. Who I was talking to Connor, our SEC insider. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he actually believed that that's the best corner in the le- in the draft. Sertan. Um, or horn? No, horn. Horn, yeah. Because he'd seen him literally take balls away from everyone he's ever gone up against. He held Kyle Pitts to ten yards in the entire game. Wow. What he was on him. No wonder Carolina picked him then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Same division. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Especially for a corner to hold a tight end to 12. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, uh, Detroit picking up Panay Sewell. I don't, I don't think there's much to explain there. Get a line help. But uh, they also picked up the Washington kid. Uh, Woo! Levi Ozawune, I think. Yeah. Ozo. What, what does he bring to the table for, for the neat brings? Team? <laughs> <laughs> he brings really good uh, rushing, you know. Like, um, he's just, he's a big dude. He's part of that, uh, he's part of that deadly UW, uh, you know. D-line, like, he's pretty physical at the line, too. Yeah, he's part of that deadly UW, like, package that's, that's been around. And it's, I'm really, I actually was thinking, you know, if I was going to pick a team for him to go to, I would pick... Detroit probably um, because I feel like Detroit just has that like hard nose kind of style. Mm-hmm. The kneecap style as we like to call it. I- indeed. Robert, um, Robert, you need to coin that term. The yeah. kneecap team. Kneecap style. This is the, this is the, we're, we're going to, we're going to call Detroit the kneecap team all year for good reason. Just do karate. Once, a, once again, the most confusing team drafting for the last, what two, th- probably two years. We talked about them heavily last year. Uh, they finally drafted a receiver for Aaron Rodgers and Amari Rodgers, even though Aaron's going to leave. And also the Eric Stokes pick was super early. Uh, Shane, another really bizarre and honestly stupid draft for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I, I don't really see what their direction is here. I mean, it's, I guess they're just going for a complete rebuild or something <laughs> with, um, Jordan Love. Young players like Jordan Love and uh I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, but uh 
it's too bad really because i mean they you know they were a super bowl level team and they kind of blew it <laughs> because they just i think didn't play their hands right in the draft or in free agency because mm-hmm. you know it's tough to get free agents in green bay it's it's not a I mean, even though it's a good team, it's just not an ideal place for free agents to go because it's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, no offense to anyone out there, but it's, you know, it's kind of boring. It's just, it's cold. It's, you know. Well, you know, you know what it is, you know what it is, Shane, sorry to interrupt you, but it's stuck in the past. Well, in that too. Yeah. And like that might, I mean, you might, some people might hear that and go, well, what's so wrong about being stuck in the past? I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong about being stuck in the past it's just you look at their stadium and it's like i mean yeah it's called the frozen tundra for a reason but like only the most hardcore players are going to want to go there as a free agent and and see this is the problem with how they've drafted since that super bowl run that they had with aaron Rodgers what back in 2012 the problem is they didn't they literally the first offensive player they ever drafted in those years was freaking Jordan Love. And then they finally <laughs> pick up Amari Rogers. And not to say that Amari Rogers won't be good for them. He'll be, I imagine he'll be great for them. For uh, but it's not gonna be for Aaron Rodgers, it's gonna be for Jordan Love. I mean, it I just to to finally get a receiver. And yes, this draft is full of receivers, and and yeah, they did it, but as we talked about last year at this time. I just didn't understand why they all they needed was to take one in the first round last year. And I imagine things would have been different instead of Jordan love. Like imagine that team right now with a top receiver from last year's class, whoever might've been instead of Jordan love, they're in a different spot, even with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, I guess they still have Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. So I guess, yeah, you, know, you can make do with that, but it's going to be a strange couple of years for them. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I know you're not big on Jordan Love, Brandon, from the short time you've watched him play. So to get to I see mean, him for a full year. I mean, the man apparently can't even throw a ball into a passing boot. <laughs> I mean, this is all conjecture, but. Yeah. We'll have to see what he does in the preseason. We'll have to see what this guy does in the preseason. Davis Mills. Um, right now, it looks like um, it looks like Tyrod Taylor is slated to be the starter in Houston. Uh, but Davis Mills looks like honestly just a rebuilding project for a team that is rebuilding. Brandon, uh, I was not surprised that they took a quarterback. I was kind of sitting there when Houston came up. Was like, hmm. I bet you they would take a quarterback because they have Tyrod Taylor and they need someone for the future um, because Deshaun's gone, let's be honest. Yeah. Like he's not playing this year, and this is going to probably stamp him out of the, of, the t- of the league for another like three or four years probably. At least two. Yeah. Yeah, if nothing else. Uh, I've watched Davis Mills play – what are your thoughts on him? He's nothing really to write home about. I agree with that. I mean, he's just – I mean, if you were going to – it's kind of one of those things where it's like they got the raw end of the deal – they got the a weird end of the stick this year with, like, this guy being the quarterback coming out of the Pac-12. 
Yeah, and I had I had Trask over him. I had I had Kellen Mott over him. I didn't really like him at all. Yeah, just nothing special. Uh, Shane, do you have anything to add on Mills? Nah, he'll just be a, you know, just probably a, a backup guy. Like yeah, a, uh, you know, a Blaine Gabbert or something. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel about him for sure. I don't know why him in particular, but. <laughs> uh, you know what? Could he pay? <laughs> fell. I think at some level he was going to fall considering the DNs in this, in this class, the edge rushers, I should say in this class, but great, great spot for Indy to get a guy who had, let's, let's be honest, top 10, top 15 potential. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely was, um, I was a, I mean, I was a little surprised that he fell, but I mean, it's, you know, it's not like he fell too far. 18 right. is still pretty good. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Or 21. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, Indy's one of those teams that doesn't, they don't have like a lot of, it's weird. They don't, they don't have like too many individual players that really stand out. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, they don't really have, huge hole necessarily so you know getting getting guys and plays i mean hey edge rusher is always a great place to get someone um so yeah should be good for him uh we'll move on to jacksonville brandon uh travis or trevor lawrence and travis Etienne back up again uh what are your what are your thoughts on what they did with the, with these two clemson guys back to back um i think Getting Etienne was definitely like a like Travis wants him, so he gets him. Yeah, Trevor wants Trevor. him. Trevor, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because why do why do they need him? This team has so well, apparent, many apparently, and I quote: "This is coming from Urban Meyer. He's going to be a third down back. Wait, he's not going to be a receiving back? Because that's what I thought he would be. He's going to be their third down back." Okay, well, even if why, now, why the hell why, why the hell do you do you pick a third down back in the in, first round? In the, the first, first round. round when you already have a really good back. Already, Urban Meyer is showing he's not cut out for the NFL. Yeah, I yeah, I I, I love Robinson. I I love him, but I'm not going to pick him in fantasy this year. There's no reason to. <laughs> if, if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, there's no reason to. Uh, I feel bad if you had him in dynasty. Um, but uh, as a whole, like Shane's right. Like J-Rob's really good. He impresses an undrafted rookie. Urban Meyer just ignored that completely. And I, I, I don't – yeah, I don't I, – yeah, Tyson Campbell even was a little bit early. I liked Walker Little, though. I liked Andre Sisko. So down the board, Urban Meyer did a pretty good job, but the first round was fairly ugly. Except Trevor. Except Trevor. <laughs> but, like, even then, you know. But, I mean, Shane, how do you, you screw ha- that up? <laughs> right. Even then, how do you screw that up? But also, Shane, as you've mentioned in the past, he's at least, he's great at everything, but he doesn't have one defining trait necessarily, which I guess fits with Urban Meyer in some ways. Yeah, which, I mean, that's not – that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's, I, I mean, yeah, it's great to have somebody good at everything, but <laughs> um, I guess I just look at, 
you know, I look around the league, you get the kind of the best quarterbacks and they all have, you know, it's, it's like, they all do everything pretty well, like Trevor, but they have that one thing that really makes them stick out, whether it's Mahomes or Wilson's ability to improvise and pull plays out of nowhere or, um, you know, or Breeze and Brady's consistency, uh, high completion percentage, all that, or whether it's, you know, Lamar Jackson's freakish speed, whatever it may be. Um, Josh Allen's crazy arm. <clears throat> to me, he doesn't, Trevor doesn't have like that one thing that makes me go, oh yeah, he does that so much better than everyone else. You know what I mean? Which, you know, could be a good or a bad thing, but we'll see. We'll see what he does. I think in Jacksonville, my main worry, I'm sure you have the same worry, Brandon, is that O-line is not that good. Yeah. And that he's going to get probably creamed as most of your quarterbacks would. And it worries me because I'm looking at his height and weight here, 6'6", 213. That's pretty thin for for that height. I mean, that's, you know, in the NFL, that worries me. Um, you know, defensive linemen are going to hit a lot harder <laughs> in the NFL. So, yeah, we'll see. We move on to the AFC champions, who, by the way, did really well today. Um, but it, not Nick Bolden was a nice pick, but the pick that stands out to me is Creed Humphrey. That old line got rebuilt in one offseason. I can't believe it. They're one of the first teams Nuts. to ever actually rebuild an O-line in one offseason. Looked at that Super Bowl, and like any sane team, not many sane teams do this, but like any same team, they said, yeah, let's rebuild it. And they did it in four months. Oh, my God. And I would argue it's even better. No, it's an even better line than they had last year, 100%. Yeah, and they got uh, Clyde going into his second year. Yeah, this offense is probably going to even be even better. <laughs> um, defensively, though, I'm still kind of – I have yeah. concerns, but – there, there is concerns, but they need to fix that O-line. Uh, it's interesting because Orlando Brown kind of uh, told Andy Reid, like, hey, this guy, Creed Humphreys, is the real deal. And I agree with him. Uh, Brandon, how did you think about or what, what are your feelings about the Chiefs now? They really revamped this O-line super quickly. I mean, look, when you have that money, I mean, look, like, they have the money. And they actually For spent now. it. <laughs> I mean, For now, they, yeah, they kind of have to. They if they were gonna make if they were gonna cha- do the O line, this was the year to do it, you know. Yeah, because pretty soon they're gonna have to start paying Mahomes, you know, Elon Musk salaries. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, man, make the most of all this now. Mm-hmm. Then, no. Brandon, how much are you concerned about that defense? Because, yeah, they fixed the O-line, and that was their top priority. I mean, yeah, they got Bolton, but does that defense – they're not going to be that impressive of a defense next year. Are you concerned yeah, they, about they, that? I mean, they have Bolton. They have Jaron Reed. They have – Matthew. Um, Oh, what's the name? They have the other guy who was in Seattle and left. Um, Clark. Yeah, yeah Clark. Clark. But other than Who's that – who went Chris no, Brown? it was Clark. Frank Clark. Frank Clark. And they, they got Jones as well. 
But, like, other than that, you know. They got a great defensive line uh, and pretty good safeties. I think they're a little weak at corner and linebacker. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I think they're going to be average next year. They need they need to do what they did uh, the year they won the Super Bowl. They need to just continuously improve throughout the year. Except I don't think they're going to be able to. I, and me neither because they didn't really do that at, at all last year. They did it at, I, at – they were like peaks and valleys defensively with them last year, and that cost them. Like, if they make it back to the Super Bowl, I will be shocked. They're up there. I think they're still the best AFC team. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think they, I mean, they're still a content, a Super Bowl contender, I would say. I think they're like, to me, to me right now, the Super Bowl contenders are Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore. Maybe I'm on the fence. I think they're like trying to break through the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get this is super bubble. early, by the, the way. By the way. Super early. I'm saying as of right now. Baltimore um, kind of. Baltimore's kind of like a bunch of cats just like pawing at the window. <laughs> they're just like trying to open it or bust through. They're like, please. Same with Tennessee, I think. Um, yeah. And then for the Tannehill, NFC, I think holds them back. And then for the NFC, not in a bad way, but it, it Tampa, uh, Seattle, Seattle. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I feel like the NFC. Here's the thing about the NFC, Shane, compared to the AFC. Yeah, the AFC has has a lot of talent and it's proving, but the NFC, at least right now, at this point, but the NFC has Tampa, <laughs> right? No, but not just Tampa. They have look at the NFC. They just have the Avengers from, in from Tampa. a pure from a pure talent perspective. The NFC is just going to beat up on each other. Right. Especially, like, interdivisionally. So, like, yeah, I mean, Tampa, honestly, I would argue Chicago maybe is, uh, just because of that defense and the upgrade of quarterback. Well, guess what? They're starting Andy Dalton. Well, and the, well, for now. Yeah. But the week, I mean, look at how weak their division is now, though. You know what I mean? Um, look, I just want to see, I just want to see the Buccaneers actually have to face somewhat hard in the playoffs. Yeah, you didn't really have that. Get into the playoffs, you know? Like, yeah. yes, they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but, like, that, that was, was a, not a full Chiefs. That was a, de- that was a depleted Chiefs. Yeah. I, I With Tampa right now, and we'll get to Tampa in a bit, like, yeah, I, look, I, I feel like they're going to kind of go on the same roller coaster they did last year, and that was not a fun roller coaster if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, you won the Super Bowl, but that roller coaster last year was rough. We'll get to them in a bit. I don't, I don't think so, though. You don't think they'll be on that? Well, no, because, I mean, it was – they were all – you know, it was a bunch of first-year guys, and they were trying to iron it out. But then after Thanksgiving, once I got everything figured out, it was kind of smooth sailing after that. Oh, a little bit. I don't I mean, know. Not not entirely, but, I mean, they – you know, they went 7-0 and in the last games, including They the also played horrible competition. They, no, beat, know, but, they beat the still. Lions by 40. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, come on. Still. I don't know. I mean, and, yeah. it's And Tom, as good as he is, 
it worries me a little bit with his age. I think he is definitely declining a bit. We but... saw him regress last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He's still uh, good though. I mean, yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, you, I'm sure you both like what the Chargers did. I, I'm sure, especially with Rashawn Slater, but and, and they picked up Asante Samuel Jr. super late. But again, protecting Joe Burrow, getting Joe Burrow some Herbert. weapons. They or excuse me. Uh, excuse me, the Justin Herbert. Yeah, protecting Justin Herbert, but also picking up Josh Palmer and Trey McKinney. That was their priority. Let's help that offense. Let's help. Uh, let's help Justin Herbert. Excuse me, and they did it. This is one of the best drafts, right, guys? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I mean, I think they're. I think the, <clears throat> I think the Chargers are are really really close to being you know like a playoff team right because they i think they got the quarterback they got the offensive weapons they got some o-line now uh they're deep you know they got good defensive front they're a little weak at linebacker uh but their secondary is pretty solid you know if they can just I think just get over that hump of winning close games, which I'm hoping better coaching will be able to do that. Uh, I think, you know, Brandon, yesterday you said that um, you said you had a hot take that Chargers would win the AFC West. And I don't agree with that, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't be terribly shocked at this point now that i think about it a little more i mean it's they can be competitive with the chiefs in the west there's no question yeah of course if if denver gets rogers that kind of throws a wrench in things right who knows who knows Um, after that i I honestly think if if denver gets rogers i don't know if i would say that even the chiefs are the yeah are the favorites like they're just gonna be there and that's an art division that they're just gonna beat up on each other if that happens we're just yeah. too good out here in the West. Both of the West divisions. The, be, that's the, the, be, the best coast, am I right? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the Dream City in LA, let's go to the Rams and their massive draft room. They picked up 2-2 Atwell. Um, that's the biggest play here. Uh, speed, right? That's what they like in their receiving core, and they got it with 2-2. Yeah. I mean, not a... Uh, not a great pick in my opinion <laughs> um i mean he's good don't get me wrong but i f- i feel like they kind of need i would have gone linebacker first which they did, they later, did get but because that's kind of their and offensive line i think because those are kind of their their big holes right now but you know uh, i'm sure he'll be Sure, he'll be good for them. His size worries me a little bit. <laughs> Everybody's uh, size worries you in this draft. There's a lot of short receivers, yeah, but especially this guy, 155 pounds. He has 20 pounds lighter than me, and I'm a beanpole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even imagine getting thrown around by big, busty tight ends or not tight ends. God, defensive ends and corners and linebackers and whatever. Did you just say busty? Busted around. Busted around. Um, but 
Yeah, whatever. Not, not, Brandon, do you feel like this is a good pick? I think it's fine. Um, I don't really have much of an opinion. Yeah, I, I like it just because he fits in what McVay likes to do. But then again, Shane, I think you're right. They just didn't really feel a need here. They have a lot of depth at receiver. Because, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They're already, I mean, they're already pretty stacked at receiver. So, I mean, why get this guy with your first pick, you know? It's just kind of mm-hmm. weird to me, but. Yeah. Whatever. The team that always concerned you in the first round did concern some people with, uh, with the pick of Alex Leatherwood. Yes, it was early. But based on how the Raiders, based on how the Raiders uh, run with Derek Carr, it's not necessarily as bad as it's been in recent years. Although Brandon, as you and I have talked about continuously with the Raiders, they just always seem to do SEC and these big SEC programs in Alabama and LSU, and it kind of continues. Yeah. With Leatherwood. You could make the argument that they could have drafted their linebacker in the first round and then take another. Yeah, they, well, they could have taken somebody else and then taken Leatherwood, and then Morig probably still would have felt to them, and maybe they would have traded up. Yeah. So that's part of it. Is I, I think the biggest thing with the Raiders is that they kind of mismanage the draft. Yeah, they get the guys they want. I guess you, you can live by the philosophy of, oh, yeah, let's just get the guys that we want. It doesn't matter what pick we have. But we've already seen some of their picks just not really pan out, and they're like high picks. You know, so that's part of the problem here. It's like you might as well just trade down a little bit, get more picks in the second, get more picks in the third, and get the guy you want a bit later, especially when a guy is not even close to being projected to go at that spot. Yeah, they definitely needed to fill some holes at offensive line because they have several. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know. Yeah. I guess it's good for that, I guess. Yeah. They got Morig at a great spot, too, at the second round 11 pick. Love yeah, him. Absolutely. Um, again, I, I, I figured he would fall in the second round just because not a lot of teams are really looking for safety in this draft, but uh, I think they did a pretty good job there. Um, Miami Dolphins. Um, Brandon, what are your thoughts on, on Jalen Waddell, Jalen Phillips? And they also picked up Javon Holland out of Oregon as well, so a pretty good draft. And they picked up Hunter Long. So this is actually one of the best drafts, uh, at least in my opinion, for Miami. What are your overall thoughts on one of your new favorite teams, Brandon? Uh, I would say Jalen Waddell, basically. the Them getting Jalen Waddell, to me, is basically them saying we're all in on Tua. Mm-hmm. Or it's them saying, okay, Tua, here's all these receivers and tight ends, whatever. If you can't make that work, right? then bye-bye. <laughs> That's what I see it more as. But mm-hmm. um, it could be the, the other the, – <clears throat> it could be what you, you were saying, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, I, I know, I'm sure you watched some Oregon in the Pac-12. What are your thoughts on Javon Holland? I actually haven't seen that much from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched some Oregon. I don't watch that much, so I don't really have. Yeah, I I, I I liked him here at this pick. I thought he was a really good safety. Really, I think he's pretty lengthy, but he's also pretty good in coverage too. I think he fits what Miami likes to do defensively, so I liked it. Jalen Phillips was a surprise, but again, the Miami connection is there. 
Um, but hey, some people thought that Waddle was the best receiver in this class, even over Jamar Chase. I'm sure Miami had that same on their board and they picked up Waddle. Uh, Minnesota is interesting. Of course, they picked up Darishaw. Darishaw fell. Uh, but the bigger story here, and, and they picked up Chase Surratt, Wyatt Davis, uh, Patrick Jones, but Surratt and Davis are kind of the big news. But the biggest news here, third round, second overall, Kellen Maude. Shane, did you, were you able to watch a bit of Kellen Maude? I know we didn't talk too much about him, but he did get some first round buzz actually uh, a week before the draft last week. I did not. Mm. I did not. What I'll say about Kellen is he's, he's a developmental project still. Um, comes from a pretty good Texas A&M system. He's a developmental project, but he's an interesting one because Minnesota looks like they're going to fast track him because I don't, I think this pick basically tells Kurt like, Hey, your time's kind of running out. Cause I still think mods, a developmental project. I do. I still feel like mods very much a developmental project. He is very quick. Of course, as they say on ESPN, if you see some of his highlights, he is a quick player, but that's kind of his one sort of big trait. Other than that, he's still a own project, but the clock is ticking for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Brandon, does the, is that more evident to, to you with this pick? Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting because, like, I still I, – I don't feel like it's his fault. You know, I don't feel like it's Kirk Cousins' fault. Like, I don't know. Is, is I mean, like, that yeah, – He's been given time, but, like, I feel like the the Vikings have kind of, like, half-assed it. I don't think they've ever trusted him, and that's been my biggest problem. They just never trust him. And, yeah, I'm not sure if he's the quarterback to be trusted, but – as we as we've seen with with Jimmy Garoppolo and and we've seen it consistently with Kirk Cousins, they just don't trust him to throw the ball at all. Well, the question is, why give him so much money if you don't trust him? Yeah, I don't know. Like the thing about Kirk is, if you look at his numbers the last few years, I think the last three years exactly, they're basically identical to Matt Ryan. Which is funny because I look at Matt Ryan and I think, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. You know, top 12 quarterback. But I look at Kirk and I'm like, eh, you know. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know why that is. I guess it's probably like you are saying, it's just the mentality. They don't trust him, whereas Atlanta probably does trust Matt to mm-hmm. because all they do is throw deep. So it makes him look like he's better. It could but then also all be... we hear about with Kirk Cousins is you know him losing and uh, well, right there it's media and... it's it's media perception. I don't think it is because remember that game in Week One a couple years ago where they ran the ball and only threw the ball ten times. I mean, right. if you're, if you're comparing him to Matt Ryan, I look at Game One against last year for the Falcons where they got where Matt Ryan played like crap and. Yeah. I don't know. There's a difference between Matt Ryan where he throws 30 times a game even in a bad even in a bad offensive week versus Kurt where if he has a bad offensive week he's just done. Yeah. And again, Kellen Mott is a project. So are like does it make sense to really fast track him? Cuz I I don't know. I I don't think Kurt is very happy with this pick because honestly, 
it seems like the coaching staff is going to focus on developing Mod, and I don't know if that's the best thing. I mean, you probably have. I mean, he's a third round pick. You know, you probably have to to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, the weird yeah. thing about it is, um, he. Anybody who gets drafted in any quarterback that gets drafted in the third round Mm -hmm. is going to be a project. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think it's, I think it's them saying, you're not getting another contract. Yeah. Even they had to basically restructure it last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's funny because he got first round buzz and I didn't believe it. I mean, I didn't think, I still like him as a project just because he's super fast, but I mean, and, and it fits sort of what the NFL is right now, but. I don't know. I, I don't think fast tracking is the best way to go. And I think that's kind of my biggest worry. Let's go to another quarterback, Shane, Mac Jones. Uh, is he comparable to Tom Brady in New England system? Just in terms of how Brady plays, yes or no? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'd go that far. Um, mm-hmm. But he is kind of that same prototype you know what yeah I mean? that's Where what i mean i'm asking the prototype oh phase. right yeah yeah no absolutely uh and i will say this about mac even though he's pretty unathletic uh you know this guy's like usain bolt compared to tom brady so you know he has that going for him as well <clears throat> but uh yeah i mean it's i think so originally i had i had mac jones fifth out of the five quarterbacks that we talked about. And I said that New England would be the perfect landing spot for him. But I didn't think that that was really going to happen because it sounded like he was going to go to San Francisco. So I just kind of had him at fifth. But now that he is going to New England, he is now number four for me. Who's below him now? Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the top three are still the same for me. Trey Lance three, Trevor Lawrence two, Fields one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you look at – you look at New England, they, they have – compared to Zach Wilson, they have a more complete offense. They have the better coach obviously (laughs) they have uh they you know they have a system that definitely favors somebody like him at least we think uh just based off of brady and you know new england is a uh it's a very you know belichick is a smart guy with a complex system and it's you know it takes a I think it takes a smart guy to be successful in it, which Mac Jones is. He's a 4.0 student in like engineering or something crazy. And Jesus. yeah, yeah. He's really, you know, really, really sharp from what I hear. 
just, you know, kind of like Brady. I mean, he's got one of the, I mean, he, he has probably the highest football IQ ever. And so at least of players, I don't know, you know, how he compares to coaches, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he is a lot, you know, kind of like Brady in that sense. Uh, do I think he is as good as Brady or will even come close? No, because I think in college, his receivers and everybody around him made him look and his incredible offensive line made him look a lot better than he actually is. So while he may be successful in the NFL, considering, uh, you know, his system and some of the pieces that he does have, he will struggle, I think. So, hmm. you know, um, I think it's um, b- best place for him to end up. But yeah, anyways. I'm just going to say I got I to gotta head out. Um, oh, yeah. Sounds good. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. Sounds okay. good. Sounds See good. Ya. We'll finish up here. We're almost done. Yeah. Um, Shane, I think also the story here as well is the Alabama players. They also picked up Christian Barrymore, fell a little bit. The same Belichick connection. Right, that same Belichick connection. But the Alabama players as a whole, particularly in this class, I know Brandon talked about it on the post show um, last or uh, yesterday, excuse me, last night. This Alabama sort of influx, particularly this year, has been pretty profound. Yeah, I mean, there were, what, five offensive players from Alabama taken in the first round was nuts, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like how Nick Saban's kind of been able to continue to turn those guys out. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, they're a good team. So Mm -hmm. Peyton Turner at 28. Um, did, did this one surprise you at all? Because I know that Peyton Turner got some buzz just because of the lack of defensive ends in the class. Did this yeah. surprise you that he went here? Uh, a little. I mean, I I don't know. I, you know, the thing about New Orleans is I think their issue is more who's going to be quarterback, but – at this point in the draft, there's not really anything you can do about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you just not from their dice. interest. Well, right. So you just got to roll your dice with one of them, see what happens. Um, uh, but defensively, you know, uh, they have they have a pretty good defense. However, uh, Cameron Jordan, their uh, defensive end, he's like getting the a little pick. older. He liked the pick, by the way, too. Yeah, no, he's getting a little older. So you know, get get the guy to play alongside him and uh to learn from him i this is definitely a future pick for me yeah so much a now pick this feels more like a project than anything else which is which is fun yeah you know i'm not complaining but yeah yeah Uh, especially for new orleans they can work with projects another sort of project a guy who had some first round buzz last year at this time paulson adibo really like this kid Really like this guy, press man kind of guy, press zone kind of guy. But I mean, more more press man to me. But either way, uh, I I do like Paul Sandibo, particularly at this spot in the third round. So that was a really good selection there. Pete Warren is pretty good too. But Paul Sandibo yep. and Peyton Turner, super interesting, more project types. But that's kind of what New Orleans does in drafts. Uh, Brandon loved the Kadarius Tony pick uh, for uh, for excuse me for New York for the Jets, but they also picked up Aziz Olawari as well. Uh, and they finally traded back for the first time in forever uh, under Dave Gettleman. But 
Kadarius Tony continue to sort of build up that wide receiving core. And again, as I talked about last time in the draft show, it's uh it's telling Daniel Jones, like, hey man, Tom's Tom's ticking. Like if he doesn't have a good year this year, they're gonna start moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's you know, especially with everything they're giving him. Clock is ticking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty simple with them. Uh, the Jets. So Zach Wilson, we talked about on the on the post show how he, or excuse me, on the on the draft show yesterday, how much he compares to Sam Darnold. Um, why does he compare to Sam Darnold in your mind? Well, you know, they they first of all on their tape they make very similar throws. I notice, uh, which is funny but also you know he's there i mean they're about the same kind of body build zach wilson's a little leaner i guess uh, but they you know they're just they both kind of run around and try and extend plays even if they're not great at it and they have pretty good arms and whatever but they I don't know. They just, they make bad decisions to me. They are both very kind of turnover prone. There's just a lot of similarities there. And, you know, the only difference is that Donald has been in the league for four years and has NFL experience. He does not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the appeal <laughs> for, for New York specifically. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so, so he's fifth on your board. Yes. How much of that is because he's with the Jets? Not a ton, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't. You know, it it doesn't. The reason he went down is not because it was anything against the Jets, because I kind of knew he was going there. I mean, we all knew he was going there. That we knew that was going to happen. The, the reason for me that he went down was really because Mac Jones just went up. <laughs> yeah. And so he just kind of stayed where he was for me, Zach Wilson. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, it's not, it's not ideal for a team that's rebuilding. I, I mean, really they are still. Yeah. Even I with think- Robert Sala, who I think overall had a really good draft with Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore. So they gave Wilson some help, unlike other Jets regimes. Yeah. I just think if, you know, you want him to be successful, he has to go to a, you know, a good proven organization, which he didn't. So, yeah, I uh, will see. I could be wrong. Happened before. <laughs> uh, again, I think I think it is a good thing that at least Sala and his staff got him some help. And it's also mm-hmm. interesting that. Sala being such a defensive coach built the offense, but again, getting him some help is at least something practical for the jets compared to recent years. So this is overall a pretty good draft. Yeah, no, not, not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Philly, uh, we saw what they did in the draft room. Uh, you still feel like they're a mess, even though they picked up Devonte Smith. You're, yes. you still feel like they're an absolute mess. Worst team in the NFC next. Is that is that like? I no, mean, not not the worst, but um, 
it seems like organizationally they're an absolute mess. And yeah, Devontae Smith's yeah. going to help them a lot. And he's playing with Jalen Hurts again, hopefully, as I add. I feel like they need to give Hurts the run, but we'll see. And they, they did have- well with Landon Dickerson. But overall, uh, the, the organization just as a whole feels like a mess. And that's sort of clouding throughout all this. Well, they just have they just have so many holes is the problem, you know. That's I mean, yeah, Devontae Smith is a good pickup, but there's still lots of other problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I think, no, they're better than one team in the NFC. Who? I mean, again, we're still the really kneecaps. in it. Oh, the kneecap team. <laughs> the kneecaps, the tread line. At least right now. At least right now. Yeah. The, Leonard... Their new coach just seems like a complete fool. <laughs> Nick, you don't really like does. Nick Sirianni. No, we're gonna no. we're gonna have to play rock paper scissors with you and Brandon. We gotta do like that he, at some point. Like like him and him and Dan Campbell are like neck and neck for just the idiot competition. <laughs> oh my god! So no wonder that I don't know team. how they got hired, honestly. But you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no wonder they're in shambles right now. Again, back to back Alabama picks. Also, Landon Dickerson. I didn't. I didn't hate the Landon Dickerson pick. Devonte Smith fits fits the Philly prototype. Small, fast, yeah. vertical guy fits the Philly prototype. It's just a matter of the rest of the roster. Pittsburgh. Um, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Yep. How does he fit in in Pittsburgh's sort of running gun, tough running back system they like to run? Yeah, yeah, and he is. I mean, you know, you just look at that six six one two thirty. I mean, that's, you know, that's big. That's, that's what they want. It's it's Pittsburgh. It's tough. It's blue collar. He, uh, you know, he definitely. That's the attitude of the city. That's the attitude the team has always been. Yep. And it's, and yeah, and he definitely fits that, you know, just based off of his size and his play style. Uh, I think, you know, we, we look at Alabama and we worry about their, their talent at, you know, quarterback. Uh, But let's be honest, they're pretty good. They, they produce pretty good pros at every other position really i mean yeah. historically uh their last kind of tough power back guy <laughs> to come out of alabama derrick henry uh oh yeah derrick henry <laughs> two thousand yard rusher last year <laughs> you know not not too bad um yeah i mean i i kind of <clears throat> i knew this wasn't gonna happen but i sort of wish they'd taken a quarterback yeah, that was talked about a lot during ESPN's job coverage specifically. Because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ben, he's either going to get hurt in September or else he's going to... October, gonna, probably. Or, yeah, or else he's going to play a whole year. But then by, you know, week 10, 12, he's going to start getting tired and not be good. Yeah. So, because he's lazy and doesn't put in the offseason work. But, I will also you know. say this with Big Ben, this they, they they know full well. The entire organization, he even knows that this 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 is his retirement year. He's done. Yeah. He's done after this year. Yeah. And they just didn't I mean again, as we talk about there there's always run the quarterbacks, you know, um in drafts, but still like I mean they were pretty late anyway, but you know yeah, I mean, there who were they gonna get? Kyle yeah. Trask. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Framuth was kind of interesting too. He fits them as well with Penn State guys. So I didn't mind that. Seattle, um, Dwayne Eskridge. Brandon talked about his speed, four two speed. Um, did should they have taken Terrence Mitchell over him? Yes. Uh, 
But at this point, I've come to expect that this is what Seattle does. And you know what? A lot of teams, high-profile teams, do this as well. They don't necessarily take the best at the position. They take the best out of the prototypes that they like to build. And Dwayne Estrin, just a punt returner, kind of tire lock at speed type. They, they take the guys that they feel like are most comfortable to the guys they have developed before and work to develop him. And they're going to do that with Dwayne Eskridge. I've just now yeah. sort of come to expect that this is what Seattle does, even though he wasn't the best receiver on the board. You know, most recently they've been a lot more effective in free agency instead of drafting the last, I'd say five, six years. They needed to be because they didn't draft that well. Right. So you know, I mean, it's, I wish they would have gone with a corner, maybe a, uh, maybe a tackle, but you know, more position in need. Yeah. Still, it just sort of fits Seattle's prototype. San Francisco, Trey Lance. Uh, thank God they didn't take Mac Jones. I agree with you. Um, Idiots if how, they've done that. <laughs> so where's Trey Lance rank for you? He's third. Why is he third, even with third. him going to San Francisco? I think it's a good. I think it's overall a pretty good fit for him. It's, you know, he Trey Lance's whole thing is he's very fast and he's uh, you know really physical, and he likes to throw deep, which isn't really San Francisco's deal. Which they should, so that helps. Right, but regardless of how he is, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan. He makes pretty much every quarterback look good. Garoppolo, (laughs) he looked pretty solid either way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, despite the injuries and all that. So, I, you know, I just think he's, you know, he's got the size, the frame. You know, I I think he's one of those guys who – people kind of slept on because of his school, but then he has the raw talent. He's just going to go in there and, you know, he'll, it'll be Garoppolo for the first month or so, then he'll get hurt. And then he'll go in and, you know, he'll kick ass and people will be like, Oh, who's this guy? You know? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. In turn, if you were to rank the quarterbacks that you looked at the top quarterbacks in this class, in terms of which ones are mostly a project, if you were to leave, put that project label on them, is Trey Lance number one for you in that? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably, you know, just because of his limited college experience. I think that definitely holds him back in, in that regard. Uh, second would probably be Zach Wilson just because of where he played, not having the greatest competition, mm-hmm. which – you know, kind of same thing for Trey Lance, but still, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think he is in a good spot though, considering that he will be under Garoppolo, at least for now, who is, uh, who, you know, he's still a good quarterback, um, you know, and they've got, like I said, Kyle Shanahan, great offensive mind. So I think he's in good hands. The one thing that worries me is they drafted a project project label based quarterback when they feel like they're in a Super Bowl contending window now. Right. And that's it's a risk. It's a risk, but also do, do you feel like if they took Mac if they took Mac Jones, it's another problem of 
oh, here's just another guy that Shanahan likes just because he fits what Shanahan does. Mac Jones would have been a very – I feel like he would have been a very safe pick. He's the most – he's more pro-ready than Trey Lance. Uh, of course. Yeah, I mean, he's been in more big games and all that. And, <clears throat> and yeah, Trey Lance is you're – de- you're taking a risk drafting him. You just are because, you know, you never know how guys like that are going to turn out. But he has – a lot more upside, I think, mm-hmm. than a guy like Mac Jones, just because of his athleticism and um, just his arm talent in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this will it'll be interesting to see where where that goes. But this is so Shanahan this draft. So, firstly, they they take Trey Lance right, and we talked about how he kind of throws the ball deep and is not much of a Shanahan system guy. Well, they, the the Niners of course lost Jared McKinnon today. He's with the chiefs. Uh, So they have Mostert now. And then they picked up Trey Sermon. So once again, they go back to this idea of like, well, we need two running backs and we like to run the ball and that's their downfall. And guess what? They did it again by picking Trey Sermon. So yeah, they picked up Trey Lance, but now they have Trey Sermon and it basically sort of says like Shanahan still wants to run the ball a lot with Mostert and now Sermon. I mean, even even if that's the case, well, I mean, here's the thing. They, it doesn't necessarily say that because you look at Raheem Mostert. He has an injury history. Yeah. <laughs> He's not exactly the most reliable RB1. So... You know, I don't blame him. There's this good running back. They're like, oh, yeah, let's take this guy. You know, he's a reliable third down back or RB2 or whatever. So, you know. They also moved up to do this. Two forts to the Rams to do this pick. Yeah. So. Which is interesting. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but. I don't hate it either. I just find it like so Shanahan that, well, I mean, Lance yeah. is not as much of a Shanahan pick, but Sermon feels so much of a Shanahan pick that it sort of concerns me that they still want to kind of do this instead of letting a guy, let's say when Lance comes in, kind of go off. Right. Because my biggest thing is I don't want Lance to sort of be held hostage there, I guess, if that makes sense. That Garoppolo sort balance, of was. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. So the sermon pick concerned me in that respect. Yeah. Uh, the champs picked up Joe Thyroid out of Washington, but of course the big news here is Kyle Trask. So they picked up essentially Brady's replacement. Um, again, not very mobile guy, but I mean, he, he I mean, that's the thing though. Like Bruce kind of likes these to develop these pocket passers and they got essentially other than the top five, the best one in the draft. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it works. I don't know. I was I was never super high on this guy, but I, I, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because you know when you're training under Tom Brady <laughs> and uh, Bruce Arians, I mean that's you know. That's not that's lu- that's lucky <laughs> for a guy late in the second round. Yeah. That's yeah, that's certainly not bad. So, you know, he might he, be all right. Here's th- I I think he kind of fits what Bruce likes to do. Although to be fair, yeah. 
I would like to see Bruce have a mobile quarterback after this era's over with Brady. But if it yeah. is Trask, it's going to be two more years. We're not going to see this guy play much, if at all. More than likely. Till yeah. year three. Yeah. Probably. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Give him time to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee, Caleb Farley. So, so honestly, really good draft for Tennessee. Picked up Caleb Farley. He fell, of course, with the injury concerns. Monte Rice, Dalm Roskus, but Elijah Molden. So you pair up Caleb Farley with Elijah Molden. That ain't bad for a team that needed corner help pretty badly. I really wish they'd gone defensive line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... um. But you know, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, though, to go with things the way I want them to. So, Mm -hmm. but that, but do you agree that's not a bad thing to pair up Farley with Molden for the future? I mean, of course they, of course they like their Washington guys. (laughs) I know that's weird. Um, Yeah, you know, no, no, that's it's definitely good. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, not complaining about that. But, but you are worried about that pass rush for next year, though. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that was their biggest hole last year, in my opinion. And I don't see it improving. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. Finally, we'll finish up with Washington. Um, Jimmy and Harris was interesting. I, I believe we talked about him yesterday, but he had a pretty big rise. He was a fourth-round guy coming in uh, at the beginning of the year, went all the way up to number one. Uh, he fits what they like to do, but Sam Cosby, I think, was a great pick. Uh, Damian Brown's pretty fun, too. Like, they they're, they are trying to build around Fitzpatrick, which I think would make Brandon really happy <laughs> because that's basically what they did here. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's... You know, you kind of have to. When your quarterback is... I mean, you know, Fitzpatrick... You know, nothing wrong with him, but he's not, you know, it's not like he's a top tier guy, you know, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and not to mention he's getting up there in age. So mm-hmm. do you think Rivera is going to help him? I mean, probably to some degree, you know, but regardless, you got to give him some help because <laughs> uh, defensively, I think they're, they're pretty solid. They're know? good. Yeah. They're pretty good. So you know, just. Give them some offense. Offensive line got a good receiver. Like they they did that in this draft. They came in with that being their goal, and they did it. Yeah, and they'll probably and you know with all that they'll probably be competitive for the division with New York. I'd imagine. Uh, Dallas, I think, is still probably a year away from from. Well, they did, maybe they not. did look. They did good know. stuff in this. I, bro, I think we need to watch Dallas the first month of the season. Yeah, because it could probably still be a dumpster fire like that whole division (laughs) is still going to be a dumpster fire either way. I I think it's way better, though, than it was last year. Oh, of course. I I think Philly. I think every team in that division is better this year, except for Philly. But here's the thing, though, Shane, like (laughs) it's still it's still it honestly year to year feels like a division that should get better with the raw talent that's in there. But then we still have the same conversation halfway through the year of why do we have to deal with this travesty every Sunday? 
what is this inner turmoil <laughs> yeah because like that's what the nfc east feels like especially how good the nfc is yeah to watch every sunday like that division is just hard to watch yeah can they and those teams the are just hard to watch <laughs> <laughs> other than washington and, and yeah maybe dallas actually but because here's the thing like with dallas as we talked about like for the first time in forever they seemed competent yeah well, in this they draft, have Dak back next year. You know what I mean? I mean, they will. It, so. Yeah. Or, I mean, healthy. Right. Hopefully. So, Hopefully. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was tough seeing that injury. Yeah. I watched sure. it. it. It was on my YouTube recommended the other day. And I was like, why is this being recommended to me six months after mm-hmm. it happened? I don't want to watch this. But then, of course, I watched it anyways. And... He, he watched it and he got paid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty got much. Paid. Yeah. That was. Yeah, that was, yeah. But anyways, do you want to talk about your twenty-five million quarterback rule? What about pay, it? pay guys? No, don't pay guys over twenty-five million. I mean, I I think I've already kind of talked about it. A bit, yeah, but you have. We'll talk about it when Baker's contract comes up more thoroughly. I'm probably the, if I'm if I'm Commissioner Shane Hansen, which sounds <laughs> terrible, but if I'm Commissioner Shane Hansen. <laughs> No player, not even quarterbacks, no player in the NFL, in my NFL, will be paid more than $25 million a year <laughs> because your cap would be like every <clears throat> no player can basically get paid that much over that much money. No, I'd still, I'd still make it like you know, $200 million for the whole team or whatever it is. It's normally like it should be around 200, it's 180 this year, but whatever. Okay, well. Yeah. Sh- let's say for instance it should be about 200 200 yeah yeah that's yeah 25 million for the quarterback that's that's an eighth of the entire team's salary that's plenty <laughs> you can buy your sports cars and your damn house with your 25 million you don't need 50 or 40 it's for it's 40 now whatever with you know Dak or russell's 35 no just shut up you, you know what's you gonna a, happen with the cap big contracts and then you can't sign anyone else it's dumb anyways yeah what? you know what's gonna happen with the cap the cap is gonna continue to go up and then in like 10 years like quarterbacks are gonna make like are gonna ask for like 60 70 80 yeah no it'll the- be 100 it'll be 100 dude okay in think about this in 20 uh what was it 2015 i think the highest paid quarterback in the NFL was Aaron Rodgers, and he made $22 million a year. Yeah. And we thought that that was crazy. It was a now, lot of money at the time. Now, twenty, just five years later, $22 million, that's like – Chunk well change. That, yeah, you might as well give that to like a fourth-round rookie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like let's be real here. So, yeah, a guys like – you know, guys like Mahomes in 10 years from now, I would not be surprised if they're asking for a hundred million a year. Yeah, and the cap's going to go up, so it wouldn't affect it that much. But I mean, hell, in the seventies, Terry Bradshaw was making like forty grand a year, <laughs> and that was a lot. <laughs> and he was like, he was the greatest quarterback in the entire NFL. And to be honest, that was a lot at that time. Just to see how much money and funding has changed. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, a house, the average house was like what five grand back then. Now the average house is a million. So that was. So back then, that was like you know eight million a year. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I did want to do some medical corner. Are we allowed to talk about this? Why not? With are we allowed to? I'm worried about like some medical 
whatever. And I think we are because we're just talking about the experience. We're not doctors. Don't take this as fact. Go ahead. Well, we're not taking it as fact. We're just talking about like, are we allowed under like, experiences? yeah, are we allowed to do this under like FERPA law? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, as long as we're both consenting to it, then that's fine. So, so not medical corner. Actually, I'm using freaking Bill Simmons turns. My apologies to their <laughs> podcast. Um, we're doing, we're doing, uh, what's, what's called medical, medical culture, culture medical culture, uh, vaccine experiences. Uh, do you want to go first? We're also partially, we're also partially doing this to incentivize everyone to get vaccinated because we've all had at least one dose. Brandon's had two. You and I have both had one. So we're also kind of doing this to promote getting the vaccine. So please get vaccinated. Yeah. Partially why we're doing this, but uh, <laughs> go ahead. You know, it was funny because I was like, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous about it just because I was like, I'd heard about some of these side effects, whatever. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to like feel sick or this or that or whatever. And then, you know, whatever. But then I get there. And I went to a drive-in place at uh, Edmonds Community College. Or I guess it's Edmonds College now. Sorry. Is it? They yeah. changed it? Yeah, it's a, it's a college now. It's not a community college. Um, they got more people in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they have a four-year degrees now, apparently. Ah. So, anyways, good for them. Um, <clears throat> growing. Yeah. So, I, I got there, and... The second I pulled in, my nerves just instantly went away because the people that were there were super nice. They were in such a good mood. They were just like joking around with everybody and which is kind of worrying because, you know, they're about to inject a needle in my arm and they're just like out here having fun. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, they, they were like, uh, name insurance card whatever i was like yeah there you go and then they uh you know then they i pull up and they're like okay go this way they were super clear helpful it was easy i was like all right and i went around lane three and then i go up and <clears throat> you know the lady asked me all the questions she's like hey uh um you know any side effects to medications vaccines no 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 um and then she asked me, you know, are you pregnant? <laughs> I was like, well, I sure as hell hope not. That would be, that would be, uh, you, you would be an amazing test case, Shane. The science community would <laughs> love you. Something. <laughs> I, and I was like, and I was like, well, I sure as hell hope I'm not pregnant. If I was, I'd have to make some awkward phone calls. Um, Damn. <laughs> to who? I don't know, but I would and so this is a great segment and so then i um so she's like well you know i gotta ask it's just the it's the state law and i was like no no it's all good it's all good that's it's state law go. okay it's, no it's, it's state law son and i was like no no it's all good you're just doing your job it's fine and um he's like okay go on go on now and then this lady comes out with her with her uh my my needle on a nice tray and uh and i mean the thing is just tiny i was like really okay so she's like you want your left or your right arm i was like well why don't you do it in my left arm since it's right there next to the window instead of having to reach over get my right arm okay you know 
So <laughs> not not effective. So she I get my arm relaxed and puts the alcohol on there and then she kind of like squeezes it a little bit just to get like a little area of you know skin or whatever just to inject it in, I guess. Or and she's just talking about something. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and then She's kind of looking around and then she's like, okay, you're done. I was like, the hell? What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even feel it. And um and she's like, Yeah, and I said that that that's it. And she said, That's it. I was like, Oh. Here's your card and go. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then no side effects. I my arm was sore, but no fever, yeah. nothing like that. I'm waiting for the second one now. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, I mean, you know, I would highly encourage everybody to get it. Yes. Um, and that's partially why I want to do this segment is to encourage everybody to get it. Yeah. Cause... I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to. It's still your choice. No hate. Um, right. No, but still. <clears throat> but you know, Public I, health. This is why we're doing this segment. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, get some comedy in there, too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it, there's, I think the science is good enough to show that it's safe and the fact that so many millions of people have had it and we haven't had any issues yet i think that's you know i think it's a good sign and all the issues have been incredibly minor in terms of percentages as well right and you know and most people who had problems had other pre-existing conditions that contributed to what happened so Mm -hmm. um you know, it's just, I think it's, it's super easy to do it. You know, they're really friendly and at least in my experience, they were. Yes. And, and it's easy. I mean, it's just quick and done. You're out of there. And, yeah. uh, and you know, each person who gets it means we're one step closer to herd immunity, which is, which is good. Which Ultimate goal. Get back to, get back to living. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. The best, uh, the best part about my story for me was the fact that I went to a CVS to get it. I, I don't know. Like, I yeah, nothing wrong with that. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Shane, be honest. When's the last time you walked into a CVS? Uh, like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my thing. And, like, I went there at, like, what, noon? And it was empty? I'm like, oh, my God. This is... And they, they, yeah, like, Everett, whatever. Oh, that makes it even better. <laughs> what? That makes it even better because it's in Everett? No, because it's on the highway. <laughs> That's great. So I go in there. Like, like literally, they have, like, balloons at the at the checking counter. I'm like, this is fire. They have flipping balloons. This is great. Anyway. They're just so excited for you. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're getting vaccinated. Cool. And so, and then that's kind of what most of the people did by that point. Like, most of the people just walked in to get vaccinated, which is good, which is awesome. But so yeah. I go, I go in insurance card whatever is there a reason why they're asking for the insurance card i need to look at that up like is there a i don't know because it's free yeah so what the, yeah, what the hell is, is it like documentation <laughs> is it like a documentation thing i don't know anyway they didn't even write it down they're just they just look at it and they're like okay go ahead you have to put uh, you have to put your insurance card when you sign up too are you i'm sure i think so yeah anyway id insurance card whatever so you muck in you get the card um there's like this back room but i went in the front room it's funny because like the actual room where they did the vaccines it felt like a flipping steam room it felt like a sauna because it's just like it's just like all like 
you know, it's like an enclosed room or whatever. And the doctor's there and or like it's a like, recording studio. No, because it, it's literally just <laughs> like walls. I don't know. It looks like a steam room. It just Was looks it wood walls. No, it's like the the weird metallic whatever. I don't know. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like an industrial like, freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's appealing. <laughs> yeah. So I go in the left, whatever. I, I go in, I, I get it done. I'm like, awesome, cool. And it, it, yeah, you're right. The needle's like super small. Um, don't even feel it. Don't e- like, I didn't even feel it going it just in. It feels like a little pressure. Like they're just kind of like, you know, just pinching part of your skin. Right. And, and, and so for me, I think, and this is something with any vaccine, I, you know, all my life, you know, it, you know, there's this different program for doctors and I think they, they evolved and changed it over the years but yeah there is these programs like oh get this vaccination at this age this at this age whatever and every time i get vaccinated this is not specific to the COVID vaccine this is like anytime i ever get vaccinated they put it in and you just feel this sting in your arm my god oh my goodness yeah it, i mean like yeah punched yeah like it it's and weird it's such a weird feeling because it's just like I'm glad I got on my left arm because I could actually sleep on my side. I was like, oh, my God. Thank God I got on my left. And so, but it's like, it's funny because it kind of like pulsates. Like sometimes it gets small. Like earlier today, it felt like a lot. And sometimes moving around and it felt like a lot. Like at night, it felt like a lot. But like now I'm kind of chill. But it's like that that sting kind of changes throughout the day. But it is like, I don't know. It's really... It's it's really annoying, but honestly, like I think, especially for this one, what it made me feel like is like I'm feeling this because it's actually working. Yeah, and I think that that's that's what I was happy about. It's like okay, it's a little bit annoying, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it's something I can't handle. And if nothing else, it's actually working. Well, I mean, the that's how I felt. I I mean, I don't know for sure if this is the case, but I would imagine the reason that it kind of stings around there is because not only are they poking you with a needle but you know they're also injecting you with some strange foreign fluid while they're at it. yeah and <laughs> mrna stuff or whatever yeah yeah and, and so you know your bloodstream is like whoa whoa hold on you're all it's also like a muscle too like they literally inject it into a muscle right so yeah. i mean it's it's a weird place to inject but like it works it works yeah. it works yeah and also i know that we've talked about this a few days ago too uh, just in a private conversation. And I think this is even more prevalent with COVID. Um, how amazing vaccines are as an invention. Yeah. I mean, it's, just it's medicine inc- in general, medicine yeah. in general. I mean, it's, yeah, there's still a lot of stuff that we don't have answers to because right. they're, I mean, the human body is so complex, you know? Right. I don't, there will never be an era where you have answers to every single bit of the human body. Yeah. But the fact that the fact that we were able to make, or not we, but people, were able to make make vaccines, three different companies for a virus, this quickly, is pretty incredible. I mean, it just yeah. speaks to the mind of you know people that we have in the medical field, mm-hmm. which is to say that they are insanely intelligent (laughs) and like pretty much our heroes throughout this pandemic every single one of them it's just 
you're right. I mean, that's that's the incredible part for me, I think, you know. But also, like, I have so many of my friends going into medicine and stuff, and I'm like, wow, you guys are incredible, you know. It's um, it's super impressive, and yeah. I mean, to all those of you who are doing medical school and residency and about to do, like, residency and stuff, props to you all, because that's, that's incredible stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, that kind of, that kind of finishes it up. I just kind of wanted to like throw that word out there and say that, but like, yeah, like all those medical students who, who are doing it, like so many people at Utah Bothell who are doing like medicine and stuff and all these like chemical biology and stuff. And I've been around a lot of them now and it's like, wow, you guys are impressive. Yeah. It's a tough, but admirable field to enter, you know? Yeah, definitely. Cause it's important. <laughs> It's very important, as we've seen. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So go get your vaccine. That's literally the purpose of this segment. It's kind of a PSA to go get it. Like it's it, literally, it is easy. It takes. There's no microchip in it. Um, you know, There's we, have a, we, ha- we already have a microchip. It's called a cell phone. <laughs> but also. They don't care. So. It's safe, effective, but also most of all, it is super easy. You're literally out there in 10 minutes. You're literally done. And virtually painless and if you do i'm sure we'll feel some some stuff in the second shot that just means that it's working that's it yeah and if you and if you have side effects i mean it just means it's working having maybe a fever and a body ache is way better than getting COVID. (laughs) yes (laughs) like not even close you know way better that that overall concern way better than losing your sense of taste and smell for two weeks and not being able to breathe and coughing your lung up yeah so that's again the purpose of the segment is that psa to go get vaccinated also do you see that i sent you that clip with stewie (laughs) and the mom mommy and like go get your vaccine so that's probably the best (laughs) that's the best vaccine psa ever legit it's It's up there it's great that's funny yeah all right yeah, so go get vaccinated. That's sort of how we're finishing the show. And thanks for joining us for our draft coverage. Thanks to you, Shane. Thanks to Brandon for another great two days of, of draft coverage. And then we have another big event coming up, May 12th, schedule release night. So that's going to be really interesting with the 17 uh-huh. games. So we'll be back for that. But, of course, weekly Friday shows as always. Um, but we're done for this week, um, and we'll see you all next week. See you all.